Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. Today, we're talking about communities and the future of work. The example we're taking is Kitchener-Waterloo in Canada. It's in Ontario, not too far from the Greater Toronto area, but it's sort of a world in itself. It's where tech has been blossoming for decades. It's doing innovative things in its companies. and as well, there are people there who are trying to create a community that benefits from this and where companies and individuals can grow from it and help each other and come to a better place. I'm going to be joined by two people who are really involved in this. One is Catherine Kitchen. She's head of HR for Manulife Canada. And the other is Simon Chan. He's vice president for the future of work with Communitech, which is an organization that supports tech industries, but also talks about tech for good. And in our conversation, we talk about what tech for good is. We talk about what people are going to need to do to be best members that they can be of their communities and how they'll need to be trained and retrained and who should be doing that training. So I think it's really worth listening to. Kitchener-Waterloo is a very cool place, but not just for what it is, but for what it can show other communities. And when we talk about the vision of where we want to be, I think uh, Kitchener-Waterloo might be one of the leaders there. So lots of lessons, lots of interesting points that our guests make, and well worth listening to. Well, when we talk about the future of work, we often focus on what that means for individuals, companies. Don't talk enough, I think, about what it means for communities. Now, the two guests we have today do put a lot of thought into that, and really into how to think about the best outcomes for the community. Catherine Kitchen is the head of human resources for Manulife Canada, and Simon Chan is vice president, talent, academy, and future of work at Communitech. They both joined me from Waterloo, Ontario. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us, Linda. You know what? Before we even start, we probably need to establish how important Kitchener-Waterloo is in terms of what they do and what they produce. It's a pretty significant area in terms of who works there. Simon, you want to put that into perspective? Yeah, so uh, Waterloo Region uh, is uh, is actually one of the fastest and largest growing uh, regions in Canada. Uh, so it's uh, actually the fourth largest in Ontario. We have about 600,000 people that live here. It's a really interesting region with a very interesting history. And we talk a lot about the history uh, here in Waterloo Region of like reinvention and entrepreneurship. So starting off with, you know, textiles and farming, uh, obviously insurance, uh, manufacturing, and now technology. Uh, so not only do we have this kind of, you know, this DNA of reinvention, a lot of it comes from uh, the academic institutions that are here in Waterloo Region. So we have the University of Waterloo, Wilfrid Laurier University, and Conestoga College. Um, you know, University of Waterloo, uh, you know, started a lot of this around the entrepreneurship piece um, starting in 1959. And now they've got 35,000 students that are globally recognized in, you know, computer science, engineering, uh, and has been ranked the most innovative university in Canada for the last 25 years. Uh, and has the largest uh, co-op program uh, of over 20,000 co-op students and, and uh, 6,500 employers. Uh, so, you know, this type of um, these, this population of talent and students uh, has created a really innovative culture. Uh, and Waterloo Region actually has like the second highest density of startup companies um, in the world. Uh, second is only to Silicon Valley. Uh, and not only do we have these, you know, large tech, these startup companies, these tech companies, uh, you know, we've got Google and OpenText and Christie Digital uh, and BlackBerry that are here, but you also have 
um, organizations, um, you know, traditional organizations um, that are moving, quite frankly, right into tech, um, like the insurance uh, companies and the manufacturing companies like the Manulife's and Toyota's here in the region. It's a pretty cool place. A lot of things going on, except some of these communities like Silicon Valley don't always end up helping everyone. They don't end up being the community they want to be. And I know you're both aware of that. Catherine, from your point of view, you work for a company, not for Communitech, the organization, but you're involved in this. Talk about what it is and why you want to be part of it. So what we really like about the Future Work and Learning Coalition and being part of KW is really twofold. One, what better way for a community to prosper together than to have our academic institution, large employers such as ourselves, startups um, and government organizations come together to figure out what kind of community do we want to have? How do we want to be a place where people and citizens want to come to build their careers, to learn and to prosper? Um, That's really a key part of it for us. Manulife is headquartered in KW, um, but it's a it's an opportunity for us to not only improve this community together, but also several others across um, across Canada. So, Simon, you're specifically with Communitech. Talk about what that organization is and, and the aims there. Yeah, so Communitech uh, was uh, founded uh, just over 20 years ago, 1997, by a group of entrepreneurs. And really what it was, was they wanted to build out Waterloo Region as a a kind of a a leader in global innovation and technology. Uh, So obviously an ambitious task at that point in time. So today we're actually, um, we are an innovation hub that's actually publicly and privately funded. uh, And we support about 1,400 companies um, everywhere from startup companies to scaling uh, companies and large global players like uh, like Manulife. Uh, and really what we're trying to do is help our tech companies start, grow and succeed uh, in you know a number of different ways. So, you know, Communitech is, is a place um, where we want to bring kind of a center of gravity for these entrepreneurs and innovators. Uh, we have a number of different programs as we um that we have to support our companies at all stages, whether it be capital or helping them with customers or with talent. And then a big part of it is this whole partnership piece um, to kind of grow in the ecosystem. And so this is, you know, kind of the starting point of where we, where we started coming up with the idea around building out a place-based or a community-based coalition focused on the future of work, uh, because it's such an important topic as, uh, as for our community and for communities across Canada and, and globally. And we also, you mentioned earlier around just different communities who are, you know, um, focused on the, you know, the growing of the innovation and tech economy. Um, some have done it well, and there's been, and, and some have also had some of the downsides to it. So we talk a lot about tech for good and trying to build that ethos into the things that we do. Um, more and more organizations and, and sectors are obviously becoming tech and tech enabled. And given where we are with, you know, COVID-19, um, you know, most companies now have been thrust into the digital and virtual world. How do we help grow that and help companies sustain themselves and help um, individuals adapt to that? Um, but also m- being mindful of the, the, the fact that, you know, we got to bring everybody else along. Catherine, given that you're with an individual company, how do you see your companies, I want to say the goals for the community, how do they go together? Well, I think we are a major employer in KW and we take that responsibility and that honor, um, if I can put it that way, quite seriously. And so 
we take that responsibility to be able to say, what kind of community do we want to have? How do we contribute to that? The other piece from a talent perspective, Linda, is we know talent will move in and out of organizations as people grow their careers. And so while someone will be with us, you know, for five, 10 years, whatever that looks like for them, they may also um, go to another company and bring, you know, and come back to us and bring learnings and experiences to that table. And so it only makes sense for us to have partners around the table um, to be able to build a learning culture across the community um, and one that is really diverse and inclusive and really focused on the health and betterment of everybody. Yeah, it's really nice to hear you say that because I don't think that really has been the norm in North America. We worry so much that people will go and take their training with them. I do notice that it's changing a bit. Do you see that? We do see it. Um, and we actually think of it um, from a, a health perspective, right? So when we think about physical, mental, and financial health, um, it's better for everybody to have an organization that wants you to learn and grow, um, whether that means it's for us, but for other companies as well. Um, we know that over 50% of the skills that someone has today, they'll need to relearn um, by 2022, 2023. So it, it behooves every employer in the community to make sure that people are learning not only in the traditional sense through you know, classrooms and webinars and all that good stuff, but also through experiences and development. Well, Simon, maybe you can add to that because you talked about tech for good. What does that mean in practical terms? Well, I think it's, you know, I think that, you know, the, the, the tech and innovation um, sector, you know, has often been viewed as, you know, almost separate in some cases from some of the more traditional um, sectors. And, and I think it's important for us to recognize that, um, tech is tech is is something that all organizations and all individuals and all communities are going to have to, um, you know, embrace. Uh, and that's just the reality we live in. And we need to make sure that um, as we're doing that, we're not, um, you know, we're not just focusing on the individuals that uh, that are leading, you know, leading and and, and uh, studying computer science. We need to make sure that other people who maybe no, don't have the opportunity to have these, you know these programs to reskill and upskill themselves that they have access to the right pathways as well. Uh, I think pathways is a really important thing when we think about tech for good is that there are going to be people who are going to be proactive or they're going to learn on their own. Uh, and there are going to be people who need to be shown uh, a bit more of a path, not to say they're not proactive, but to make sure that they see a path in terms of what are the skills that I have today? What are the skills that I need to be able to continue to thrive in my career and as I move forward? And what are the pathways to get there? And I think that we're in the early days of kind of um, building out that infrastructure as uh, as as uh, communities and as a nation. Um, we tend to still think of um, learning as you know the four years of uh, you know potentially undergraduate or, or, or university that you're doing or college, uh, and not necessarily as that continuous learning that Katie talked about um, throughout one's journey. Who should be doing the training? Well, I think there's a, it's an interesting question, right? Because I think there's a, again, I, I tend to think more in an ecosystem manner as opposed to it's one, uh, one person or one organization or one sector's responsibility to do that. I think that's the piece of the community approach that appeals to me. I think there's, there's a, there's a role for employers um, to play in terms of the training and ensuring that they have the relevant skills specific to the organization. And I think there's an, there is a role for um, the academic institutions uh, and even, even organizations like ours who can provide, you know, more short works, uh, you know, workshop bootcamp style um, training to upskill people and then potentially partner with academic institutions for 
um, more immersive type training. Um, so I think, again, we need to start off with the people or the, the employees or the workers in mind first and understand, you know, um, what are some of their challenges? Obviously, learning, particularly as you have a career, uh, becomes different because you have other priorities like family, et cetera. How do we make sure that um, we can inter um, we can intersect and we can provide that learning uh, when it makes sense for them uh, in uh, in terms where they can adopt the the learning that they need to be relevant? Well, you're presumably talking talking about online at least for some of this, and I guess I have to ask you about the pandemic where everything's moved online. How is this affecting your community, and how is it affecting? your plans for going forward? I'll start with you, Catherine. So it's, it's affecting us in a couple of ways. So one, Linda, where the coalition was predicting, you know, the digitization and the need for reskilling, you know, a couple of years out, that is now we're finding that employees who are or colleagues, excuse me, who are out of work, are needing to reskill really quickly, or we're needing to pivot um, machine lines and that sort of thing to be able to produce PPE as an example, we see that in our community, um, front and center. So there's a the reskilling that we had predicted a couple of years out is now. Um, the other element is digitization and technology, we are seeing a massive uptick in remote work. I know Manulife as an example, saw uh, you know, several of our employees, mostly most employees, excuse me, working from home on day one when we asked everybody to do so. So that notion of remote work um, is now as well. And last, the impact on health um, has become absolutely forefront. So physical, mental and financial health, as people are needing to navigate through the pandemic, not only in the nine weeks or so since we've been, we've all been at home, but also in the months to come um, for us to be able to to navigate through this together. Simon, pandemic, what's it changing for you besides everything? <laughs> yeah, so I, I add in like for our, uh, for our community. I mean, I think you know certainly there's there's the impacts that have happened to all the other communities around job displacement, etc. But what I'm encouraged by in the region is I just I see that spirit of innovation um, to look at different ways to tackle some of the challenges we're facing. So I'll give you a, I'll give you a simple example um, that I think is really neat. Um, the University of Waterloo, um, their co-op students, um, obviously not all of them have placements given uh, the current pandemic situation. Uh, and so what they decided to do was uh, they decided to find a way to deploy some of those students um, for to solve some challenges they have internally uh, around moving online. So what they've done is they've actually taken um, 325 students, they've given them uh, and quickly turned this around, given them uh, basic, the, the training that they need for basic digital skills. Uh, and, uh, and now they're actually, they've hired them, uh, through their co-op program and they're actually deploying them into their faculties to help the faculties move from in-person to online. Um, and so to adapt their programming. So I, I see those types of things as, um, what happens within our within our community in terms of how they move quickly you know the next conversation now is you know how might we figure out how to help deploy some of those students in the same manner maybe not just for the university to to work through those things um they're programming from in person to online but how do we maybe help some of the main street uh companies that are out there who maybe need to figure out how do they build an e-commerce site or how do they do digital marketing is there an opportunity for us to look at leveraging um, co-op students who may not have placements um, to be able to help those organizations. So those are, those are some of the things that I see that are encouraging. Um, obviously, uh, in terms of the pandemic, you know, from a job displacement standpoint, 
we're doing what we can at Communitech um, in working with our working with our um, community partners to try to build bridges for talent who are displaced um, with companies who are actually hiring. Because there are there are companies that we're hearing from within the region who are actually hiring and growing as a result of this movement to online. So last week we actually held our, our first national virtual job fair. Uh, we called it Tech Jam at Home. Uh, to enable uh, enable that bridging function, so we can actually help folks who are being displaced uh, get themselves aligned with uh, organizations who are uh, currently hiring. And we had a great turnout. We had um, over twelve hundred uh, people registered at thirty uh, plus companies um, that were there, and and we uh, we're looking to actually do another one at the end of June uh, because of the demand. That's very cool. You know, one of the things that I wonder about is how will technology change things for workers? I talked to someone recently in the grocery industry, and they're moving as quickly as they can to get automation out there because that keeps workers safer. At the same time, as you bring in some of these things, you are displacing some workers and what, you know, how will that play out? And when you look at it for the industries you're involved in, do you think the pandemic will make technology move quicker? You seem to have suggested that, Simon. Uh, and what are the implications for workers if that's the case? Catherine? Sure. So I think we're we're seeing it, Linda, in a couple of different ways. So, um, you know, the advancement of DocuSign. So when we're signing, um, you know, insurance policies with clients, that sort of thing, we're seeing advancement in technology there, advancement from a, a claims processing perspective, and also, you know, collection of fluids in some cases when you're when you're buying an insurance policy. How do we do that? And then how do we help you get back to work in a way that is more virtual or more digital when we would have been side by side with you before, while not losing that human feel? So to your point, we are seeing technology advance really quite quickly, um, faster than we had before out of necessity. From a reskilling perspective for people, um, it's a matter of how do we take the strengths that you have and the transferable skills that you have and help you in partnership with you reskill um, so that you can continue down the road and contributing to your organization and to your family in a way that, that you need to. So let me follow up on that, Catherine. What are the characteristics you're looking at for workers to make them successful in the future? Is it different than in the past? It's, I wouldn't say it's different, Linda. I'd say it's amended. Um, so we even find, you know, I think it was the World Economic Forum that noted, you know, more than 50% of the companies are expecting half their staff to be um, working side by side with automation or some form of robot um, in the future. And so all of the companies are looking at mindset. So curious mindset, willingness to learn, um, as well as a whole bunch of human centric skills. So where we talk about creativity and problem solving and collaboration and team behavior, that remains true. I think the need for it, though, will be different, um, as well as some of the more technical skills where uh, a computer can't um, take take that into consideration or be able to replicate that. And Simon, just to follow up on that, we're talking about reskilling and perhaps helping workers move into the future. What's the role of Communitech? We talked about this a little bit before, but you know, given everything Catherine said. Yeah. So, I mean, if I go back to kind of what we're trying to do with the, the coalition is I think part of the role at Communitech is, is to actually help, uh, work with our partners within, um, within Waterloo region to help them see around some of the corners, right? So we have, a, we have the benefit of working with a lot of our, you know, startup companies and, and scale up companies who are very, um, and larger technology companies who are probably a bit ahead of the curve in some of the adoption of technology and, and the way they work. And I think there's an opportunity as we look across 
um, different sectors, um, some that who may be more traditional, not accustomed to that. How do we actually help them see where the opportunity is to work um, side by side with technology and not necessarily view it as just this, you know, dystopian future? So I think there's a role for us to play, not just a, from a community tech perspective, but from a coalition perspective um, to help. Um, share how organizations uh, are adapting to working in a world where there are where there is an increased use in technology, but making sure that we maintain um, and and uh, have the ability to um, flex those human skills or those transferable skills that that uh, Catherine was talking about. You know, when I look at different communities like Silicon Valley, there's things obviously that are really cool and they're working really well. But Silicon Valley has also been famous for the disparities, right? It's hard for people to live there if they're not in tech. Um, lots of people get left out of this. It's not something that maybe you can solve very easily. But are there things you want to replicate and not replicate when you look at this? I'll let you start, Simon. Yeah, so I think um, I think we're cognizant of the fact that um, we want to make sure that we're we're bringing everybody along on this journey because I think that's what builds a strong community. Uh, we don't I don't think the disparity is is what builds an overall um, strong community. So I think part of it is the reason why we've approached the coalition uh, with a mix of not only sectors but sizes of organizations and diversity in terms of their reach. Uh, so as an example, we have the Chamber of Commerce um, who deals with small to medium sized businesses. And so I think as we work together as a coalition to talk about um, some of the emerging issues uh, and some of the emerging opportunities as it relates to the future of work, um, some of the larger organizations and, and organizations who have global reach like a Manulife or a Deloitte, you know, they're going to be able to think about a lot of things in terms of how we approach um, the future of work and how do we actually take that, marry it with um, the different points of view that the different stakeholders bring, but then actually package that up now and provide it to small to medium sized businesses who oftentimes don't have time to think about those things. Um, to me, that's part of the opportunity to share the learnings um, so that we build a stronger community from, you know, everything from, from, you know, small to medium sized companies all the way to the global enterprises, as well as, you know, we have a lot of municipal employees and so in public sector employees, how do we help them understand where the world is going and how do we help uh, provide those pathways so that we can all prosper together? Catherine, when you look at other organizations and other communities, are there ones where you say, well, look, they're really doing a good job. I want to borrow some practices or are there ones you say, hmm, we can learn from that? There's a couple, Linda, that for sure we can learn on all sides of the spectrum. So if you look at um, Europe, for example, Scandinavian countries, they talk to their kids as early as you know, what we would call kindergarten about what contribution do you want to make in society? And that helps them to think about the career and, and where they want to play in the communities in which they expect to live as their adults. That for me, from a community perspective, is a really interesting conversation for us to have. And in fact, I think might help shape academics, learning and employment, um, you know, in years to come. That's one where we're seeing a ton of, of really interesting work. The other um, is Singapore, Columbus, Ohio. They too have gone through community coalitions such as ourselves, and they're able to help us from a learning perspective in terms of how do you make up the coalition so that each sector of the community is represented? How do you envision your future and that sort of thing? So we're, we're definitely one of the bellwethers in this space, but there's a lot for us to learn as well. 
I'm going to ask both of you, do you have a vision where you want to be in five years or 10 years? Because obviously you were working day to day through the pandemic, you have all these initiatives, but when people look at this region and it's one region where obviously there's so many things that will continue to go right and they'll continue to, to benefit all of us, but is there sort of an overriding vision you have when you look to the future, Simon? Yeah, so I think when we talk about um, kind of the future of work and, and, and the coalition, the place-based model, I'll call it for the coalition, I think our vision is to basically try to find ways to uh, replicate this type of collaboration across other communities in Canada. So I think we, you know, we this, this uh, to give away a bit of background, the coalition was a, really a seedling or a concept uh, that we started off with about um, probably about a, over, a little over a year ago with a couple of partners uh, like Manulife, Deloitte, and University of Waterloo, where we were all looking at how do we, you know, what's the next thing that we need to be thinking about? And we talked, you know, we started talking about um, the the evolution of talent, their expectation, the evolution of working, uh, and sorry, learning. And so what we found was, as we did some research, was that, you know, this is a system-wide challenge that nobody can really do, take on on their own. And so we decided to start a community-based conversation with leaders here in our community um, around, are you thinking about this? Are you working on it? And really what we found was that most, if they were working on it or thinking about it, it was very early stage and they did not have uh, a place to collaborate or a go-to organization that can knit the community together for this type of collaboration. And that really set us on the journey that we're on right now. Um, which is, um, you know, fast forward till, to, to November and you helped us kick off this, uh, this, uh, coalition formally in, in your keynote, uh, in November. But we have 19 different organizations here in the region that actually have signed on and I'll call it seed funded, um, a year's worth of activity here around working as a community to get ahead of the future of work. And so when I think about what the vision is, is that this type of a coalition model is replicated in other uh, communities across Canada. Uh, and we think we have the, the right puzzle pieces to make that happen because when you look at the organizations that are involved in our coalition here in Waterloo Region, they all, they're usually connected to a larger national network. So as an example, um, Communitech, uh, we are, we are one of the organizations that are part of something called the Canadian Digital Media Network. And that's 29 other innovation hubs across Canada. So we have natural connections into those other jurisdictions. Um, the Chamber of Commerce is, is connected to the National Chamber of Commerce. So there, there's a connection. Economic development is connected nationally, the academic institutions. And then you have, um, you know, great support, uh, great employers like Manulife who are spread across Canada and trying to, grow and support those communities. Our vision is kind of how do we actually take this model and, and move it out to other communities so that they we can start learning from each other. And we've actually started to do that. Um, Catherine and I actually did an event out in Halifax uh, and it was, it was at the request of their innovation hub uh, as well as the Manulife office out there to start a conversation similar to what we had a year ago around the future of work and how could they actually spin up a coalition of their own in Halifax. And uh, actually tomorrow there's a, there's a meeting with a uh, private roundtable with a smaller group of very interested organizations out in Halifax. So I see that as kind of the next step in terms of working us towards a vision is that this, it's a network of networks, if you want to call it a network of coalitions across Canada who are breaking down the silos across sectors and trying to work collaboratively together within their sectors, but also across the, across the country. Catherine, what's your vision? 
So I think the coalition worked really hard to create the vision that Simon shared with you. The piece that I would want to emphasize is the whole human-centered approach that we've taken to building this community coalition. So we're looking at the various um, sectors of the community, so gig workers, mid-career, and the new workforce that's coming in, and how do we really understand their hopes, their aspirations, their concerns um, as a whole human being, and then as a community, how do we help them achieve their vision because the thinking is if we if we help that if we help each individual um, all boats rise with the tide so all of the organizations institutions and and agencies will be able to to prosper together well i look forward to seeing both of your visions realized thank you so much for joining us today this has been a really interesting conversation if people want to learn more where should they go uh, you can learn more about uh, the coalition activities at uh, www.communitech.ca uh, and uh, you can get involved. There's a page there that uh, is for the future of work and learning uh, and you have the opportunity to sign up for the newsletter, learn more about our, our activities, our event, our pilot projects uh, and what we have in store uh, in the coming year. Okay, we'll put all of that in our show notes. Well, thank you again. Catherine Kitchen is the head of HR for Manulife Canada, and Simon Chan is the vice president of talent and the future of work for Communitech. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks for having me. To learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at the workandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work in the Future podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production.